Welcome, great to see you guys. If um, I haven't met you yet, my name is Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is awesome to have you, whether you're in this room, those of you who are worshiping with us online. Thanks for being part of this. This is, a, this is an exciting time of year for us as a church, and we are in the middle of what we call our spiritual alignment campaign, spiritual growth campaign, and I'm really glad that you're here to be part of it. So if you're a guest, here or online, if this is your first, second, third time, and we haven't been able to meet you yet, and we would sure love to the opportunity to meet you, maybe get to know you some. A couple ways that could happen for those of you here in the room, you could shoot that digital QR code that's on the seat back in front of you, or you could stop by the welcome desk on your way out, and we'd love to say hello to you in person. Those of you who are online, you can hit the connect button, and that will take you to our digital connect card, and we would love to meet you that way. Really, the purpose of that whole deal is so that we can, um, we can meet you, how can we serve you, how can we help you, how can we pray for you, or the questions we could answer for you. So it's really about us having a chance to start a conversation. So, so thank you for doing that with us. You've jumped in at a good time. Um, we're in our fall series, as I said. We're calling this one Midterms. So this is a four-week series. We're in week two, so it's, it's a quick one. But what we do in these fall alignment spiritual growth series is we let what's happening on the weekends line up with things that we're reading each day in a daily devotional, and those also form the basis of our small group conversations. And so for a period of time, we're all thinking and talking about the same things as a church, and really kinds of helps us grow and helps us grow together, and so I'm really glad that you're part of this. Midterms this time around is based on the premise that God tests his people. And, and he doesn't test us to fail us, but he tests us in order to bless us. And if you weren't part of last week's worship experience, I'd encourage you to go back and watch that online for probably the first half of what we talked about last week. We talked about God testing us and what those tests look like in our lives. And so we're in one of those testing seasons, I believe. I believe that this upcoming midterm election is a test from God for his people. And the questions that are on the test are gonna be about who do you choose to trust with the direction of our country, with the direction of our state, with the direction of our community, who are you gonna trust? Because we're in this season for a number of weeks, all the noise in the culture around us is going to be telling us to trust a political party, a politician, platform, that if, if we're gonna be on the right track, somehow like, like it's gonna be on in politics is where the answer is gonna be found. And so we're in this season of testing where the, quest, the question on the test is who do you choose to trust? So this is not a series about politics. Like you gotta hear that. This is not a series about politics. This is a series about Jesus and I'm so excited for the opportunity that we have together to explore. Last week we talked about how Jesus is alone is our savior. This weekend I wanna talk with you about how Jesus alone is the one who sanctifies us. And as we talk about that today, really this, is, this weekend is all about who or what are we going to allow to lead us, to influence us, to bring change into our lives. Because really it kind of boils down to three things. Either you could be a person who says, you know it's gonna be on me. Like if whatever my growth pattern is, whatever, if I get better or worse as a person, like it's gonna be on me. There's a whole world around us that is always trying to push us into like you need to look like this. And Jesus holds out a way that you and I can live. And so as we talk about Jesus being our sanctifier, what we're talking about is who are you going to allow to lead you, to influence you, to bring change to you in your lives? So sanctify is one of those big church words. Hadn't always been a church word, but it's a church word now. So let me give you a definition. Very simply, sanctify is a word that means to set apart 
for special use. So we all do this. I mean, like in everyday life, we all do this at the Holden House. Um, there, are, there are towels that I can use at any time. And then there are towels that I can use when guests are over. And then there are towels that are to not be used for any reason. And I don't understand the purpose of towels so you, for no reason, they cannot be used for any reason, but we have that, and you have, you have things, at least in your house, that you have set apart for special use. And what God does for his people, it's not about things, what God does for his people is he sets us apart for his special use. So Tony Evans, who's a pastor in Dallas, he, he made this quote, he made this statement in his book, Theology You Can Count On. He said this, he said, sanctification is the normal experience of every Christian. And that's important to grab onto because when we start talking about being set apart for special use, it's really easy to think that, well, then that must be for the special Christians, right? But that's not true. Sanctification is the normal experience of every Christian. God sets us apart for himself the moment that Christ redeemed us. So we celebrated communion. And for you, that moment, that faith moment, when you believed, that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. You received the forgiveness that he wanted to give you. He rose again from the dead so that you could live, so that you could have life. When you believed that, when you started looking to Jesus for forgiveness and life, you were set apart by God for himself. And so every Christian person has this opportunity and this privilege to be, to be sanctified. And I'm so grateful for this that it doesn't just belong to the, like, the cool kids or the smart kids or the, you know, the kids who've been like multi-generation Christian. Like, this is for all of us. So I think one of the coolest statements in the whole Bible is in Exodus chapter six, verse seven, and God's talking to his ancient people, the nation of Israel, and he says to them, he says, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. The all-powerful creator God, king of heaven and earth, the God who can do anything, the God who sees, who hears, who knows, who cares, that God looked at a group of people and he said to them, I'm gonna take you as my own people and I'll be your God. Like what, what an amazing privilege for them to have God speak those words over them that, that you'll belong to me. Like, I will, I will take you to myself and you'll be my people and I will be your God. And then Jesus totally blew the roof off of this idea right after he rose again from the dead. The first person he talked to, this lady named Mary, she was the one, like she seemed to be the one most devastated by his crucifixion and waiting for him to write. Like she encounters him first and, and she grabbed him and one of the things he said to her in that is he's like, you can't hang on to me right now because he says, this, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God's, not just to my God and your God, my father and your father. And so, and so what, what God says about himself to people like you and me through Jesus, he says, you, you are my people and I am your God. And more than that, you're my children, and I am your father. So this God who sees and who hears 
and who knows and who, who cares and who steps in and who engages, looks at people like you and me and says, hey, through Jesus, you're my children and I'm your father. And, and you and I get to live this out, not just being people of God, but being children of God. We have this incredible opportunity to, to be not just the people of God, but the children of God. And, and that's the special purpose for which God has grabbed hold of you and me through Jesus, that we would be his children. And so this, this idea of sanctification, being sanctified, is really what does it look like every day for, for you and me to be children of God? To be his children, to be becoming like Jesus, what is that? So, so this idea of sanctification, this, my church baggage out on the table for you, and maybe this resonates with some of you. So, so for me, when I start using that word sanctify, the opposite side of that coin comes to mind with the term sanctimonious. And one of the words that gets in these sanctify, sanctification conversations, one of the big words that comes up, church words that comes up is the word holy. And when I hear the word holy, one of the things that comes to mind for me always is, is holier than thou. Because it seems like, at least in church world, it's the sanctimonious people, the holier than thou people who seem to get all the press. And they're the ones that seem to make big impressions on us that last into our middle age. You know, these are the people that they think they've got it all together and they think they're right and you're wrong and they're real clear with you about that and they're hand slappers and they're judgers for, for how for how wrong you are and how wrong you happen to be. And, and as we think and talk about these things, that's like, that is not what God has in mind. When we talk about people who've been set apart, it's not the people who stand with their nose in the air looking down at you and judging you and slapping your hand because they've got it figured out with God and you, you don't have it figured out yet. In Jesus' day, there's a group of these guys and they're, they were the religious leaders and their name, they were the Pharisees. They were the Pharisees, and they were forever looking down their nose at the regular people like us, making them feel like second and third class citizens in the kingdom of heaven, like they didn't have, like, like we've got it together and there's something wrong with y'all. And, and Jesus got invited to dinner at one of these guys' house. And Jesus did not wash his hands before dinner on purpose, because it, it wasn't just about cleanliness, it was a ceremony that they had put into place that this is, this is how religious people do it and Jesus did not wash his hands and the Pharisee says to Jesus, hey, I noticed that you didn't wash your hands. <laughs> so, so this is, in, it's recorded for us in Luke chapter 11. Jesus says to that guy, he says, you Pharisees, you're super interested in cleaning the outside of stuff and you don't really care at all what's going on inside somebody's heart. And from that moment, if you read down the rest of the page, Jesus lights this guy up over his, his and his group's tendency to look down their noses and use their 
spiritually elite status and their religiosity to push people away from God. And, and so much so that there was another person there who was kind of, he was connected to them but not part of them. They called themselves the teachers of the law. So they're not quite the Pharisee status, but they know it and they're, and he looked at Jesus and he said, hey, when you're saying these things to him about them, like you offend us too. Jesus is like, yeah, let me give you another half a page because you too, you look down your nose at people like you've got it figured out and like, like you're better than them and that is, like, that is not what's going on here when we start talking about being sanctified. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul was, he was one of those Pharisee guys and he was on the fast track like to the, to the top of that deal. So the Apostle Paul, on the fast track to the top of the Pharisee group, he has this radical encounter with Jesus. And, and later, coming out of that radical encounter with Jesus, he had a little while to process that. And then he's writing to this church, the ancient city of Galatia, and the ancient region of Galatia, and he, and he's processing that with them because they're being influenced by these Pharisee people. And they're, they're starting to become the group who look down their nose at everybody else. And he's writing against that and he makes this radical statement to him. He says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And when he says that I've been crucified with Christ, he's writing about his transformational moment when he met Jesus and Jesus changed everything for him, when he put his trust in Jesus, what happened for him was that self, like when he says, I have been crucified with Christ, he's talking about that part of him that was all about himself and was all for himself and was all for being as, as big and as important as he could possibly be. Like that part of me, when I put my trust in Jesus, I'm united with him and I died with him to that. Like that, that part of me died. I've been crucified and now I'm connected to Jesus, not just in his death, I'm also connected to him in his resurrection. So now I'm alive and like there's this part of me that's alive, like it's not me, it's Christ who lives in me. And so catching this, this idea of being, of being sanctified, like there is this, if I'm gonna live this out, like if I'm gonna live what God has for me out, it's gonna be through Christ living in me so that Christ lives through me. And Christ, if you're a believer in Jesus, Christ lives in you by the power of his spirit. And so, so the trick in all of this is like letting him who lives in you live through you. And so really what sanctification is about, when Jesus alone is our sanctifier, and we're talking about Who's gonna lead me, who's gonna influence me, who's gonna help me move in the direction that is right? Sanctification really for Christian, like for us, for Christian people, what this is, is I'm becoming more like Jesus. I'm not turning into one of those high and mighty guys who thinks they've got it figured out, who's gotta slap everybody else's hands, who doesn't know what they're doing, like not that. I'm becoming more like Jesus. And just thinking about that this week, I just kinda wrote some things down about Jesus Loving, compassionate, humble, wise, sacrificial, joyful, good, winsome, just, willing, generous, faithful, 
patient, kind, like that. That's the special use that God has set apart every believer in Jesus for, to become more like Jesus, and that special use is what we need for ourselves, and it is what our world needs from us, more and more of us living like Jesus, and the only way that I can live like Jesus is by letting Jesus who lives in me also live through me. So there's this small paragraph in the scriptures that's probably the most succinct but comprehensive statement about what it looks like to let Jesus who lives in you live through you, like how that plays out in our, in our practical lives. It's the first two verses of Romans chapter 12 and the Apostle Paul, again, this guy who had this radical encounter with Jesus going from being a guy who is you know, holier than thou to living out like what it looks like to live like Jesus in his world. He wrote these words, he says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so he talks about several important ideas in there, and he starts with this idea in view of God's mercy. In, with, at the forefront of your mind, what we, what we celebrated today in communion, you know, at the forefront of your mind, God's willingness to look at people like you and me when we were far from him, not interested in him, maybe hostile, probably apathetic, just didn't really care who he was, what he was up to, what he's thinking about us, where we're gonna go from here. Like when we were in that kind of condition, that kind of posture towards him, he loved us. And he loved us with the kind of love sent Jesus, sent his son to come and die for us so that we could have life and has given us the gift of his spirit who lives inside of us. In view of God's mercy, he's grabbed hold of us and he won't turn loose. In view of God's mercy, here's what we do. We offer ourselves back to him. Paul is writing, as he writes in Romans 12, he's writing sacrificial language of the sacrificial systems that were in place in his day. So his ancient Jewish people would have gotten it and then his ancient Roman Gentile people, they would have gotten it too, but from the pagan side, like they understood the sacrificial system. You and I don't see that so much. But it's a call on, on behalf of people who have, who have received what God is offering to us to offer ourselves back to him, to go along with what he's setting me apart for, to give myself fully to that, and, and that is true and proper worship. So this Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us, he's worth that from people like you and me that he has given himself to us and so we give ourselves back to him. And in view of God's mercy that we would offer ourselves to him on behalf of what he has done as an act of worship, really how this, what that helps me understand this and how this plays out in my life, it's three words and it's in this order. So the first word is yes, like yes. In view of who God is and what he has done for me, in view of his mercy on display in my life through Jesus, my answer, my response to him is yes. 
with all, with all the faith I've got in, in the moment, with all the faith I've got in the moment, however, however much it feels like to you, whether it feels like it's a little or whether it feels like a lot, to, to make a faith decision that in view of God's mercy, yes, I'm just gonna offer myself to him and I'm gonna go with him and this, what he has for me in Jesus in making me become like Jesus and helping me become like Jesus. It's just, it's this great big yes to that. And then there's the no, as you, as you read, because every yes is a no. And that great big yes to God is a no to our culture. And to like, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Because what you gotta know about this world is it's always, it's always pressuring us to look, act, think a particular way. And what's, what's interesting is if you watch that over a span of years, it's always moving. Like you never get to the point where it's like finally what the culture is asking of you, demanding of you, saying this is it, this is the way. We're saying yes to this. Like the culture's always moving. It's always a moving target and, and when you've, when you chase that, what you know deep inside yourself is you've never gotten to it. Like the culture's never happy, we're never happy, and it's just on our side, I'm saying yes to God, and I'm saying a great big no to this, like I'm just not gonna let what's going on around me or what's like going on inside of me, I'm not gonna let that, I'm not gonna let that push me a particular direction. The culture's not gonna have biggest say, the last say in the way I'm gonna live my life. So it's, it's this great big, yes, I'm all in to what God is asking of me, calling me to, saying what over me, and no to this culture. I'm not gonna let it, I'm not gonna let it push me into its mold. Yes, instead, to the transformation that God wants to bring in my life. If you're gonna read the daily devotionals this week, one of them emphasizes really the difference between what the culture asks of you to, to change, to become, that doesn't ever change you. Like you don't ever get changed by that. You might be a little bit different version of, but what, what God offers to do for you and for me is to transform us. God's not, he's not sitting up in heaven and looking at you and saying, hey, hey, I want more kindness, I want more goodness, I want more generosity out of you. Like you're not enough for me the way that you are. Like he's not doing that in any way, shape, or form. He is looking at you and he sees Jesus, the life of Jesus in you, and he is changing you so that you get to live from inside. You get to live from the inside out because remember what Jesus said to that group of the Pharisees, you guys are always worried about the outside and you don't do anything about the inside, and God takes the exact opposite approach. He brings about transformation on the inside of us. If we'll go along with him in this, he brings about transformation on the inside so that that becomes who you are, and you get to live out who you're becoming as more and more God makes you like Jesus. And so you and I get this incredible opportunity to say yes to this transformation that God has for me. There are a couple other places in the Bible that talk a little bit about this, and this will be part of your small group conversation this week, but in Titus chapter three, verses five and six, it talks about the role that God's spirit plays 
this Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, about the role that God's Spirit plays in bringing about this transformation in our lives. In the Gospel of John chapter 17, Jesus talks about how God's Word plays a role in this in our lives. Like this is, God is at work in each one of us and what he wants for you and what he wants for me is that we would be transformed into the image of Jesus. So what you get to live out, what you get to experience in your own life and what you get to live out and what the people around you get to experience is more and more of Jesus. And so this transformation comes about, Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, looking at it from a little different angle, we are God's handiwork. He's at work in your life, and he is transforming you. He's creating and recreating you in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. There's, there's stuff out there, like God is, he is making, he is making me and he's making you more and more like Jesus, creating and recreating us in Christ Jesus, which has a ton of value for us in our own lives, right? Just the joy, the peace that you see in Jesus' life as he begins to live his life through us, what he, like what value that that is for just me, that I would get to experience joy and peace, God's kind of joy and peace in my life, and he gives that to me for me, but not just for me. It's one of those blessings from God. All the blessings that come to us from God are for us, but they're not just for us. They're for the people who are around us. And so we have this great opportunity. God has stuff for me to do, and he has stuff for you to do. And he's not looking at you and say, hey, go do this and figure it out. He says, hey, listen, look, I'm, look, I'm making you, and I'm remaking you, and I'm making you just for this. Like I, I've got stuff for you to do that, that I've been thinking about since before the world began and here it is, I'm making you into the person who gets to go be part of this. And, and he, is, he is giving you and me an opportunity to part, be part of something amazing that's happening in somebody else's life. And so if you're, if you're sitting here and you're saying, this can't be true about me. Because this is one of those things when we talk about, there's always a group of people who are like, nah, this is probably for somebody else. You don't know what I did. Like you, you, don't know, you don't know what my struggles are. You don't know how bad I am at. Okay, but if that's you, like if you've done stuff, like if you have a past, because you know, nobody else has a past, and if, you, if you're not good at some stuff, like okay, but can I show you this? This is a promise from God for people who say this can't be for me. This is a promise from God for people who, who say this can't be for me. What he looks back at people like us who say, he says this, he says, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So if you're a believer in Jesus, what's true about you is you have been set apart for God's special use. And he is at work in you. And God does not do anything halfway. And he doesn't do stuff half-heartedly. So he is, he is at work in you and he is bringing about, he is transforming you so that you become more and more like Jesus. So the one, like, Christ lives in you and Christ lives through you. And so that long list of things is true about Jesus, not just in himself, but in his impact and his influence in the world around you. God is doing that kind of stuff for 
every believer in Jesus because we have been set apart for that kind of stuff. That's what he has for you. And he began that work in you and he will carry it on until it is completely and totally finished in you if you'll say yes to him. If you'll let him bring it about, he'll bring it about in your life. And so, so here's kind of where all this lands for us during this, this testing season. So if you wanna be one of those people who's in charge of your own life and, and orchestrating the own, your own change, I need to be better here, I need to stop this, I need to start like that. If you, if you wanna be that person, you can do that. And, and you can walk down that path, what happens, what down, what's down that road for you is really just, it's an implosion. People who choose to do everything themselves and to do it their own way and they're doing it for themselves, even that all falls in on them. Like that's, that's where that self goes. If you listen to the culture, what's out on social media, what's on the news, what, like if, you, if you listen to the culture and what, what you're supposed to be now, You'll never get there. You can't do it. You can't keep up. It moves too fast. Nobody ever gets there. There's always something wrong. The culture, it's a whiplash. It's a constant whiplash, and you're never really different. You're never really different. It's still you, and maybe a few things are changed a little bit, but you're never really different. And, and you're never good enough for the world around us and they'll say it to you and you'll know it deep in your heart that this isn't the way either. So if you wanna go that way, listen to that, listen to that part of you deep in your heart that's saying, hey, like, this, this isn't working. Or you can let Jesus be the leader, the influencer, the one who brings transformation into your life. Because, because what God is up to through Jesus in your life is setting you apart for good works, which he created in advance for you to do. He is bringing about transformation, true and real change, lasting change. Not just me trying to be different, I'm being changed from the inside out so that Jesus lives not just in me, but he lives through me and I get to be a person of love and joy and peace and hope and I get to infuse that into the lives of the people that God has placed in my circle of influence. If that sounds like something you're interested in, it's that yes to Jesus, that great big yes with all the faith you got. It's, it's the no to the world around us. I've said yes to some other things, so I'm saying no to this. It's no to the culture around us. It's no to myself. And it's yes, this transformation. I'm, Jesus is doing something really good in me. I'm just gonna go with him in this. And so. I'd love that for you. I'd love that for me, and so I wanna pray that for us, and then after I pray, I've got some discussion questions for you. So will you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me and let me pray for us. So Lord, thank you for this, this amazing work that you're doing in us. And I'm so grateful that you do it in us before you ask it through us. So thank you for your mercy, and in view of your mercy, we're yes people. We're, we're saying yes to you, to your life, to the calling you've placed on our life. You are worthy of, of what we can offer you. Pray for my friends who are struggling with this, that they have nothing to offer to you or to anyone else. I pray that you would, you would speak your value into them, that you'd let them have just a little glimpse of, of how you see them, your love for them, your rejoicing over them, 
that they would know that you, you will do things for them, let them be part of stuff that they can't even hear or imagine in this moment. So we're yes to you, Jesus. We're just gonna go along with this. What you have in front of us, we'll say yes to. Thank you that you are calling us forward and you are changing us for it. And we love you because you have loved us. We pray these things in your name, amen. All right, so I have six really just kind of discussion questions for you. If you need to take a picture of this screen or if you wanna go to the front page of the website, these discussion questions will be up there for you so that you can grab them. If you're not in a small group, it's not too late. You can fill out one of the commitment cards. Those of you who are here in the room, they have them out there at the welcome desk. We can get you placed in a small group. Those of you who are online, in the front page of the website, there's a commitment card there, and if you'll let us know that you need to be part of a small group, we will get you plugged into a group this week. These are the kind of questions that you'll be talking about. So first is from the sermon and the daily devotionals, however much, many of them you've read. What did you most appreciate? Like what caused you to stop and say, hmm, or, or like, oh, I need to hang on to that, I need to think about that a little bit more. Second question, how do you feel about God's statement that he will be our God and we can be his people? And then what do you feel about his willingness to be our father, that we get to be his children? Third question, how would you define or describe sanctification? So this, you may have never heard the word before, which is fine, you may have studied this for years and years. How would you define that? How would you describe that and have that conversation together? And then wanna push you to read some of these verses again, Romans 12, one and two, Titus three, five and six, John 17, 17. From all that, how do you see God transforming his people? Not just changing, but like he transforms us. How do you see him doing that? And then as you think about this, are you more of a yes to what God's up to? Are you a maybe in this? You're kind of checking it out, trying to figure it out, trying to understand. Or are you not right now to this transformation that God has to you? And wherever you are is great. Like be where you are and take some steps forward in that. And your group should be a safe place. Those conversations should be a safe place for you to say, hey, here's where I am and here's what I'm trying to understand right now. And then that last one is just, conversation, what practical advice would you offer a yes person for their next steps? What about somebody who's a maybe or a not right now? What do you think next thing for you or for somebody else in your group? What would you say, hey, this is maybe what that could look like going forward from here? And so I hope you have this conversation. I think it'll be really good and healthy for you. All right, so um, those of you here in the room, as, as we get ready to go, if you need somebody to pray for you about anything that's going on in your life, it doesn't have to be connected to what we're talking about today. You could, you could come down here, there'll be prayer leaders down front. Those of you who are online, um, you can click the prayer button and we will have somebody connect you and connect with you and pray for you. It'd be our great privilege to do that. All right, so God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. I love you. I'll see you next week.